So how's it going, Joe, in your area? What's going on with the uh, the chicken egg factory over there in Connecticut? It's starting to starting to get a little more pricey these days on the uh, on the eggs. I I get what everyone's upset about. <laughs> Actually, Jedi, I don't know if Joe knows about that. Do you know about what was a Jedi a fire? A fire at the egg factory farm <laughs> in Connecticut, Joe. Really? Yeah. Fire at the egg factory is that? <laughs> That's what happened. Hey, I don't know like, if I'm well, buying that. Wasn't it a farm or something with the whole bunch of chickens? Yeah, um, I, it just caught on fire, and I don't understand how and why. I mean, <laughs> eggs are going to be like twenty dollars a carton nowadays. I actually had to buy one. I had to buy it. Oh, Joe's looking it up right now. I just had to buy ten thousand chickens died. A hundred thousand. Oh my God! Wow, no wonder. <laughs> yeah, well, Joe, you saw when Jedi was sending me those screenshots from Hawaii at the grocery store. What was? It? Yeah, so eggs were like whatever, twelve dollars a dozen. But yeah, what was that? Yeah, and counting. <laughs> Jedi, what was that thing that was twenty eight dollars? Was it like canola oil? Yeah, I think it was cooking oil. Yeah, and I saw it. I saw it in Walmart and Sturbridge for three ninety nine. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, real quick before we get into the show. So we got the Super Bowl this weekend. I like KC. Joe, you like the Eagles. Do you have any type of prediction, Jedi, or you don't care? No, I don't I don't have a prediction. <laughs> and then we think Tom Brady's done for good, right? Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> Let's hope for crying out loud. Just I mean, my God, end it already, Tom. Just end it. But we're still gonna see him on TV, he'll probably do the announcing, and then they'll be showcasing his Instagram models. Well, but can you imagine how he must feel? I mean, having to retire now after everything and losing his wife <laughs> and not being with a team who has the same, you know, <laughs> I guess, motivation as he does. I read an article about Giselle, and in that article, she said that her husband, Tom, was kind of a dummy that Tom had like the mental capacity of a 15 year old. Oh my gosh. It's like having another kid in the house for her. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see how Tom does in the real world on his own. <laughs> I'm worried about him. It's not going to be as easy as the NFL was. I think that's, that's a fact. Marks, Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond. I'm Jedi here with Todd and producer Joe. We also have a guest today, Ariana. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> of all the mysteries in the world, the brain seems to be one of them. Let's try to see what's going on with the brain and psychosis. Mm. Yeah. So before we get to Ariana, Jedi, give us a couple quick facts about the brain. The brain, it's made up of 73% of water and 25% of our body's cholesterol resides in the brain. And if it doesn't have cholesterol, 
the brain dies. I thought that was interesting. And that all brain cells are not alike. And we get Joe's favorite animal there with nine brains. You know what that is, Joe? The one we always say is so smart. Yeah, the octopus. <laughs> it has a brain in each one of his tentacles, then one in its head. They're so smart. I swear to God, if you don't know about octopi, get on it. Yeah, and now I want to see if you guys can remember way, way back when we started this podcast, which animal has no brain? You'd have to go back to episode Republicans. one. Republicans. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, Joe. Joe, the hate mail's already... The hate mail's Start started. early. Um, <laughs> episode one, Jedi. Do you remember episode one? The blobs? Blobs. <laughs> remember that the jellyfish yep, yeah the jellyfish they, they don't have a brain but they somehow know to do specific things which is kind and of they crazy. survived all these years <laughs> so i don't know if it's just because it's near where i grew up or uh, the Lindsay clancy story joe do you know about that i do and yeah i actually saw you had posted about it because i hadn't heard about it until you posted and i thought todd's sympathetic gotta see this Joe, this is the type of case where I would immediately be against the mother normally until I kind of read more about it. You would think Andrea Yates until, I mean, I don't know what you think of this now, but you just always thought this was a crazy person, right? Listen, I'll put it like this. I, because I dated and when I was married to actually, I was, I was married to somebody who was terribly mentally unstable. And we did have kids and, you know, I had full custody of my kids. I always have, as you know, but when my kids were with my ex-wife, I literally feared for their safety because she struck me as the kind of person who in a pinch, if it was them or her, she would choose her and, and not them. And so, you know, postpartum is serious. That's like a, it's a serious thing. I, I remember the uh, Andrea Yates story and we've seen other ones and I always try to like rationalize like why would she do that it's like you can't possibly understand right why somebody would do that I was just doing the the story of Chris Watts yeah do it I mean that guy like viciously murdered his children because he's a sociopath not because he has any postpartum or anything like that you know what i mean like that that was a very different situation but it goes to show that you know there's there's some messed up people out there right so before we get to ariana i mean i think you said your ex show is mentally unstable i think this is a whole different situation i think you can be normal and then once you have the baby you can have that postpartum psychosis right ariana yes so it looks like i'll tell you just a couple quick things then we'll ask ariana what happened to her so most people think it should be joy when you first have the baby but it can be abruptly interrupted by depression and anxiety about one in seven suffer from postpartum depression but about one in a thousand suffer from postpartum psychosis so what do you want to tell us about it ariana oh boy (laughs) it's definitely a very touchy subject um i find myself getting very defensive in the mother's corner um, because we have babies at the same age. Um, I have a six-month-old home with me and an eight-year-old, so there's there is a big gap. Um, mental health in general has always been a huge part of my life, from even dating back to like my grandparents. Um, my my grandmother actually committed suicide back in the seventies when my dad was seventeen in her four boys were at school and they came home and witnessed her that way. 
Um, so I've been, yeah, I've been super like passionate about it because my dad doesn't know a whole lot. They didn't know a whole lot. They still don't know a lot, but they definitely in the seventies didn't know anything. She was a social worker. She was, you know, a huge part of her community and she went through this manic depressive state. My dad was getting beat by her husband. And my dad just remembers her being so depressed and sad. And then the next thing he knew, she was put away into an institution and they couldn't afford to keep her there. She was getting shock therapy, all oh kinds God. of stuff. Yes. So they couldn't keep her there. And within 48 hours of her being released, she went out, bought a gun and shot herself, unfortunately. So ever since I was a little girl, I've been so fascinated about what makes people tick, what makes people snap. And I find myself even becoming like a little bit obsessive over it with all the stuff happening here in Massachusetts, because it's, it's real life, you know, it's not, it's not in the movies. And unless you've actually dealt with something like that, any type of psychosis of any kind, psychosis happens to men too. Um, right. So the postpartum psychosis, we need to know way more about it because the hormones and our, and our levels and all kinds of stuff. And if you have postpartum prior in previous pregnancies and you go untreated, you have a huge risk of having psychosis at a different pregnancy. Myself personally, I did not experience psychosis, but postpartum depression, yes. As well as my husband experiencing the daddy blues, which I did not know was a thing either until our eight-year-old was born. So the thing I think about with postpartum Wait, what depression, is that, by the way? Yeah. What is so the daddy, daddy blues? Daddy blues, right? Mm -hmm. I don't so, know that. Yes. So dads can develop depression within the first year of a baby being born, especially, and it could get severe, especially if you already have past trauma, which we had. <laughs> My husband, you know, a little bit about his story. He found his father dead at 11 on his couch when he woke up from a drug. Oh my gosh. Yes. So trauma is definitely in our blood and it's taking us well over a decade to be able to come out and speak freely about the challenges that we've had. And I find myself becoming more vocal, the more anger and the misunderstanding against it I see. And I just, it just fuels my fire to get education out there for people. And, you know, I, Long story short, back in 2018, my husband suffered acute withdrawal syndrome, which I didn't know was a thing either until he was no longer taking Zoloft. He had been on Zoloft since the baby blues. And we're talking like four or five years into the highest dose of Zoloft you can possibly take. I switched my career after being with a nonprofit and being a senior director for over a decade changed my careers and was in a 90 day probation period for our health insurance. Well, within those 90 days, I had 22 days left and my husband needed his prescription filled. There was no more refills. Well, the doctor's office would not refill him, nor would even let me speak to a doctor and said, there's nothing we can do. Your insurance is lapsed. You don't have insurance. We can't even get into the system to even look at you because your insurance is not active. I said, okay. So that was on a Wednesday 
And by Friday night, my husband, who is a recovering alcoholic, this was in April of 2018, he had been sober since January, had slipped into some sort of psychosis with the withdrawal syndrome from the Zoloft. And I found him in the backyard with a loaded shotgun to his face. Oh my gosh. Yes. And there are quite a bit of the story that I haven't necessarily come public with yet, especially in the news article. We had a news article and everything written about us because we've created a company and we help people with our stories and everything. But it's been, yeah, it's been wild. But yeah, there's bits and pieces of the story that we haven't necessarily come forward with. And the more that comes out about the psychosis, the more I want to come forward with it. I mean, from the moment I pulled into the driveway, my husband was sitting outside smoking a cigarette. It was like 10 o'clock at night. I had just picked up the ba um, my baby at the time, Harley, who was at my mother's house. I pulled into the driveway and I could tell instantly something wasn't right. His whole demeanor was different. He looked literally like he was possessed. And I'm like, what the hell? And then of course I smelt the booze on him. So I'm like, okay, what's going on? And on that Wednesday previously, when I called the doctor's office, I had come home from work and he was in the fetal position in the living room crying oh my and God. saying, I don't feel right. Something's wrong. I'm not okay. Sorry. Yeah. I get emotional. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Well, everything's fine. Everybody's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It could have been very, very different. And a husband who has loved me dearly for, since God, 2006. And to see him in that state, and then it become violent either to himself or even to me was like a whole different ball game. I went into the bedroom after because we had gone into a scuffle in the driveway and I'm shocked that the police haven't come. Like I said, I live on a main, dra main drag here and it was late at night and we're like screaming at each other in the driveway and things got really, really bad. And I was like, holy shit, like he is not in his right mind right now. Like he's gonna fucking kill me. Like we're gonna be that family on the news. And I, ugh. so I feel so bad for these families that go through this because the media just rips them apart. And these people, they love their kids. They love their husbands. They love their wives. They do, they really do. But, whew, sorry. I know, see Jedi, Jedi has never been on social media. Jedi, you wouldn't believe all the ignorant comments and stuff people make. It's I know. Crazy. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I've, has, I've seen some like on Reddit mm -hmm. and things yeah. like that. So I've, I, I can see how nasty some people are. Oh, I yeah. mean, especially, um, 50 cents sometimes <laughs> yeah so let's let's <laughs> queue up uh, let's queue up 50 cent i don't think ariana is going to like this clip too much yeah. what, what 50 cent thinks about depression or mental illness i think the things you go through make you who you are mm -hmm. and in my journey like there's certain things that I, i'm not really i don't even let it into my system like that like if like i think depression is a luxury Wow. Because where I'm from, you can't afford to be depressed. You got to pay the bill, right? Right. So you got to go to work. You got to get up. You got to go do what you got to do. You might you don't. They got people right now that's at work don't feel like being there. Mm -hmm. But they got responsibilities, so they, yes, go, sir. they feel uncomfortable while they're working, while they're doing what they got to do. Like and at, When these guys get in a slump and they just decide that they're not going to do anything, 
I'm like, where they do that at? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> even when you're on the street, you got a pack. You just decide not to come outside? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi sent me that clip. I was like, "Wow." Yeah, but I, so I do, I, I do want to get a, a little bit more into postpartum depression, just because mm-hmm. it's such a. I mean, actually, the psychosis. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, I have a clip. It's about seventy-five seconds long, or something. I just want you to play, just so we can see what goes through these mothers' heads. I began to lose touch with reality. But I didn't tell my husband about the deeply disturbing thoughts I was having because I was afraid that he would think that I was unsafe to be around the kids if I did. As my mental state declined, panic attacks, hallucinations, and delusions mounted. My son was possessed. There were demons in the bathtub. And all day long, I heard radio music playing in the background, and it was followed by the sound of glass breaking and the play gym crashing over and over. All day long, I fought the voices, and I lived in fear. Remembering the next part of the story is like trying to recall pieces of a dream upon awakening. My husband and I were out for a run, and I suddenly stopped and turned to him and said, I have to go home right now and say goodbye to the kids. My husband said, why? And I replied, because I'm going to kill them. Actually, we didn't even really say it. I mean, if people listening don't know what we're talking about, Lindsay Clancy was a mother of three kids, and her husband went to get takeout, was it two or three weeks ago, and while he was gone, she suffocated the kids. And did you watch any of that, uh, Ariana, when they interrupted the news with the arraignment? I I only lasted about two Yeah, I watched, I did watch the whole thing, of course, like a blubbering idiot. Yeah. Yeah. They... So... uh, The problem is, if you have this postpartum psychosis, you can't exactly tell people that I feel like I might kill my kids because you probably think that DSS will take them away or you're never going to see them again. So you you have to live with it unless you have... Did you have a support system when you had postpartum depression? Yes. So I was... I actually had a meltdown right before I got pregnant. And I had to take a leave from work. I was literally not able to do anything. I couldn't get off the couch. I couldn't cook. I couldn't clean. And, you know, it's scary when you have, I have a a daughter here and wanted her to know, like I was sick, but you know, I'm going to be okay. I don't want to hide that stuff from them either because I want her to be able to come to us if she's feeling any type of way. And I told my husband, I think I need help. I had been off of medication for a little while um, thinking I could do it myself holistically and I couldn't. So I went, made a call to my primary care, told her what was going on. She did put me on a low dose of an antidepressant. Um, I have a girlfriend who is a registered nurse who also has, uh, she's in the uh, psych field and everything in the medical profession. And I told her what was going on, that there was a six to eight month wait list to get in to see a therapist or a psychiatrist. And like, I feel like I want to jump on my skin. I need help. And she said, listen, I know somebody who just 
branched off, started his own practice. He's fantastic. My own daughter sees her, sees him. Here's his number. Let him know that, you know, I sent you. And he had me on a Zoom within five days. He had me totally evaluated, had me on a med uh, management plan from day one. He had been in contact every other day and and then I got pregnant. <laughs> And that was a big surprise. And I'm like, okay, well, that enters the whole realm of now I'm heavily medicated. And is this okay? And we switched things around a little bit to make sure I was on the safest things possible while I was pregnant, because it is more important for the mother to be more sta stable emotionally, mentally, physically for the health of the baby. There is a huge stigma against women being on any type of antidepressants when they're pregnant. Can I ask hard. you a hard question? Sure. Did you guys ever decide not to have children? Do we ever decide not to? Because no. of, you know, the things going on. Mm -hmm. No, actually, um, we battled a long time to get pregnant with my first one. Um, I have a hormonal disorder, PCOS. Um, so the anxiety and depression come along with that on top of it. And PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, so I've been irregular my whole life. And I was misdiagnosed at age 18 all the way up until 25, 26 when I was trying to get pregnant. I was being, I was treated for a blood disorder that I didn't have um, and went through different fertility options and whatnot, had our daughter eight years ago and always said we were never going to put the stress of that on ourselves again. And if we got pregnant again, then that would be a miracle. And I'm on my own spiritual journey right now, born and raised not in a religious family whatsoever. Um, so the past couple of years have really shown me that there is a higher power. And my first time ever sitting there and praying to whoever could hear me while I was in complete distress, I was waking up every morning, panicking, crying, and I wasn't even pregnant yet at this time. I had prayed, if I am on the right path right now, you will bless us with a baby. And my PCOS symptoms had dissipated. I became pregnant. My levels were completely normal being pregnant, which wasn't the case with Harley. And it's just, uh, my story has a very happy ending and I could have been that mother. And that's what really is scary to me that anybody who has had a child who has experienced any type of trauma in their life could be that mother. Totally. And that's what's really scary. Now, when I look up this postpartum psychosis, some of the things are delusions, uh, physical, uh, visual hallucinations where you see another face on the baby. Whoa. That woman that we watched that little video of, she saw like her mother's face on the baby. You hear voices, you're getting a cat catatonic state, and then you think everything's meant for you. If you see like a billboard, you think the billboard's talking specifically to you. So these are some of the things that you could be going through. Now, I'm kind of curious, Joe and Jedi, now after hearing this, now, when she goes to trial for all this, where do you guys stand on something like this? Because it's a, it's a tough thing. Well, you know, I so I I was uh, my wife's a lawyer. We were actually talking about this case yesterday. She's very sympathetic to what happened, but some of you know, you mentioned the husband went out for takeout, and you know, she sent him on the other side of town to buy herself some more time. So it looks like 
you know, from a from a planning standpoint yeah. that, you know, I understand she was in psychosis, but there's certain elements of planning here that I think are hard to ignore. Again, I'm I'm very empathetic to the whole situation, but when you see that, um, I think that's one of the things that people react to, you know, that that sense of you know, like, oh, I think this woman knew right from wrong. And I, I don't think anybody can know what was going on in her head exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I would imagine that demons, uh, which, you know, don't exist, uh, seeing or hearing demons, it, it's got to be a very unsettling thing for somebody to suddenly be hearing that. So uh, I, I think, Todd, that's kind of why some people are like, nah, I'm, I'm not buying it. Uh, you know, it, it's that little bit of planning, and and I and I wonder how that will play out in a court of law. Yeah, that's something they brought up a lot on the um, the arraignment. They kept saying, "Well, she spoke to the person on the phone. The the person at the restaurant says that she seemed fine. She knew what she was doing." But I don't know if you have psychosis. If you're going to sound strange or anything like that, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing. I like that the hostess at the takeout place is like diagnosing the mental, like, no, nah, look fine to me. Like, oh, well, all right, doctor. Thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> but I've heard crazy things. Like the reason you want the kid, you want to kill your kids is because you don't want them to be living without you. That's what people feel. What do you think, Jedi? I am leaning towards like more Jill because yeah, the, one of the things that I read is the first thing she asked when she she came to at the hospital is like, do I need a lawyer? And yeah. the whole premeditation, googling the length of time from their house going to CVS to the restaurant and back. If you you are hallucinating, how do you have clarity of thought like that? I am also empathetic, too, for persons who do have, you know, these mental health, you know, crises and things like that. But certain elements as well, I'm not sure. The premeditation is somewhat there. I mean, one thing's for sure. It sucks that it took this, but people are going to be a lot more aware of postpartum psychosis because, I mean, this is a... This is a big story. I mean, Andrea Yates, this one, I know there's obviously been a bunch in between, but I don't think with the type of press this has gotten. Just because you look at it, it's a happy family and you're like, wow, something just like went went wrong and probably just in an instant. You know what I mean? Well, with Andrea Yates, one of her doctors told her, I guess, after child four, not to have any more children mm-hmm. because, you know, she, she wouldn't be able to cope. I mean, um, where's yeah, the fine is, line? Yeah, this is what I understand. Say, for instance, they say you're not going to jail. You're going to go to a mental institution. Doesn't the postpartum psychosis wear off and you're not going to be mentally ill? Why would you be in a mental institution? It's case by case. It doesn't. It You can't classify it like that because it could literally take years for somebody to come out of it. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine when, if she just all of a sudden snaps out of this and realizes what she's done. That's the scary part, because based off of how they painted the picture, it almost sounds like she had already snapped out of it. But watching her on video and seeing the blank stare, you can tell she's not out of it. And she's heavily medicated, I would assume. I mean, she has a broken back, for God's sakes. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's paraplegic. So the fact that her lawyer came right out and said, I don't think she's going to make it to trial, because the first second she has to harm herself... And to off it, she's gonna do it. Oh, I think so too. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Yeah, you really wouldn't want to live if you don't have your your kids. See, and this is where the whole assisted suicide type conversation comes. I was on a podcast the other night and we talked about that. <laughs> bring bring Kevorkian back. But yeah. My, yeah. My, sis, my sister messaged me that the other day. She goes, they should just let her kill herself. And I'm they like, should. They absolutely should. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, you can't, you can't obviously live normally. So, no. Jenna, what are some other things, uh, disorders and stuff you want to talk about with the brain? One of the things that I need to be more sympathetic of and understanding, my wife has anxiety. And I just get super annoyed all the time. And I know I need to learn about it. Just like everyday things. Can you call and order a pizza? No, you do it. Uh, I don't understand why. Well, stop being Stop being like this. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, man. My wife is so smart she just has a job she has job interviews all the time she has a good job but it'll be for like so much more money and a giant bonus and then she'll be talking about she'll be like yeah i don't think i want to do it because this and that and i'm like i know what you're doing right now you're anxious of the interview she does she's mm. so smart but she gets so anxious and worked up for these interviews she feels stupid talking in front of people or doing an interview so you have anxiety too ariana Oh yeah, I have yeah. Mm -hmm. I have three different anxiety disorders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to learn about them because they're. Do you have agoraphobia? Uh, <laughs> to an extent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to an extent. Uh, my it really. Uh, my my mom is also a recovering alcoholic, and in the height of the pandemic, her father had died, who she never really knew, and it really affected her. She'll kill me actually for even coming public with it, but whatever, she'll get over it. <laughs> and she went off the deep end and I came home to her, to her house. It was her birthday weekend. I was gonna, you know, cheer her up. And she was almost like in a catatonic state. Like her face was drooping. I'm like, holy shit, are you having a stroke? Like, what is wrong with you right now? And she's in the bathroom. She's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And I'm like, ma, I go into the bedroom. I see vodka everywhere. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. I finally call 911 and she ends up going to the local hospital. She had a blood alcohol level of 430 and didn't die. Oh, Jesus. Five times over. Yeah. She hadn't had a drink within 12 hours and was literally dying as I was walking in the house. So she is a dual diagnosis. And during the pandemic and even now, there's no beds. So she was forced to detox and to get treatment in an emergency room. Unless the doctor is completely a specialist of some sort of the brain, I have to say it, they they yeah. don't know. They talk about it a little glimpse a bit of medical school. They're not literally sitting there and studying it like the psychiatrists are. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fine. Joe. Joe, I, I think if we've like lived the life that Ariana has told us about so far, we'd have anxiety too. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot going on here. Yes. So it was that moment that my anxiety became through the roof. Every day I felt like my throat was closing. My poor, <laughs> my poor husband just walked in. My poor husband, who also has his anxiety and depression, but I was suffering in like different ways. I was like, my throat's closing. I have throat cancer. What's wrong with me? I'm going to die. I'm going to leave you guys here. I'm going to like, my fear is about death. I don't want to die. I don't want anybody around me to die. And I had my, my best friend, my aunt pass away from cancer at 62 years old. Jeez. Also put it right around the same time, 2019 ish. Yeah. So 
Next oh, week we have now with the next week we have to have a more upbeat episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, my my best friend and I we're in the process right now of we are creating a show, and it's we have to we have to bring humor to it. We have to laugh yeah. at the craziness because if we don't, we'll cry the entire time. So yes, trauma mamas. Yep. Yeah. We're gonna be coming to everybody with some humor, but Joe, show number forty-three. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, there were so many people with mental health problems, and most of them are undiagnosed. Mm -hmm. Jedi, you mentioned the Andrea Yates thing. She shouldn't have been having more kids. Uh, her husband was very religious, and, like, that's her duty. Right. And that was the reason why they continued to do that. I, I think, and, and again, I was just sort of joking about the hostess at the restaurant trying to diagnose somebody. No, she was fine that day. And it's like people don't understand basic science, right? I mean, we, we saw all through COVID how people don't understand basic science. Mm -hmm. And now we're trying to get these armchair Facebook people to diagnose someone's mental disorder and they're having some trouble with it. And, and it's, it, it shouldn't come as any surprise. My, I have a daughter who is on medication for depression. She has a lot of anxiety. She has ADHD. And I've said this to her and I, and I try not to be an ass about it, but I wanted her to understand something. I said, I, I understand you have it very severe, but everybody has anxiety. Like that's a real thing. Everybody's dealing with some sort of anxiety. Right. And she, she got upset. She's like, and I, I'm like, I don't mean to say that. I just want you to know that you're not alone no, in this. Yeah. And here's the other thing. And here's what I'm trying to really acknowledge to you. Some of us can handle it better than others. Some of us can handle the anxiety and the depression. Some of us can't. And if you don't have the tools to do that, you're in big trouble. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things that, again, these insensitive people on social media are reacting to. Well, I would never do that. And it's like, well, you're not good dealing you. with all these. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, Ariana. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. Yeah. yeah. I'm so glad you um, live a happy life. <laughs> right. So I, I think yeah. when it comes to mental health, it's easy for people to one of my the other podcasts I, I mentioned before, one of the true crimes, they'll do a story. And at the end of the podcast, they're like, how could that father murder his, his children? Or how could that guy kill his spouse or whatever? And it's like, oh, are you trying to rationalize the thoughts of a psychotic person? Because you're never going to understand. You'll never be able to wrap your mind around someone no. like a Chris Watts or, you know, somebody like in this case, unless you've been through it and, and you can understand what that feels like. So I really do feel terrible about that. And again, when I say I'm, I'm interested in how it'll play out in a court of law, it's only because you don't know how 12 people are going to view that or what they're going right. to make of, well, yeah, she Google searched. So that's, it's all the planning I need. Right. Mm -hmm. Because, Jedi, you asked a question before. How could somebody who's in psychosis be clear-minded enough, right, to right. plan something? Well, I've right. never been in that situation. I don't know what you're capable of mentally at that point, right. you know? So I think if this does come to a trial, I think we're going to learn a lot about mental psychosis. I think it, and I think it's important that we do. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Joe, speaking of being non-sympathetic, I have the cure to anxiety, but every time I tell my wife, she goes off the deep end. You know what I say when she says she has anxiety? What? Just don't be anxious. Yeah. No, that's good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's good. I say that all the time. Todd, <laughs> why did she think of that? Duh. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so obvious. So <laughs> simple. <laughs> when I was researching, when I was researching this topic, I actually said to her, I go, I- I'm going to promise you one thing. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm going to try to understand anxiety a little bit more when you get it. So I, I kind of, um, I, I kind of understand a little bit more, but mm-hmm. I guess the two best ways to treat it, Ariana are mm-hmm. uh, psychotherapy or medication. And most people want to do, they think you should do psychotherapy. So there's no side effects or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. but, there um, is a what epidemic of me- medication being overprescribed as well. I mean, yeah. doctors are giving depression medication for all uh, the whole slew of ailments, mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, <laughs> it's depression. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When I went and saw, I had a four-hour eval when I was potentially looking at a weight loss surgery program and was telling him about all my trauma and everything and told him about my husband and that's he had said to me he was so angry at my story because he said that's the problem right now these pcp doctors don't have a fucking clue when it comes to certain stuff especially like social anxiety which he has really really bad depression all this other stuff and he's like any psychiatrist would have told you right off the bat zoloft was not the right drug for him he should have been on paxil and I was like, hmm, cool, awesome. He was on it for five years. <laughs> and one of the side effects is suicidal ideation mm-hmm. for a lot of these, you know, mm-hmm. antidepressants. Mm-hmm. So it's that's like a catch-22. Yep, that's why I'm so vocal about, on my on my social media page, sharing my psychiatrist's information, um, sharing, like, his email, his fax number, his phone number, everything. And, you know, people that are that are suffering, they need to go see the right people. And it goes deeper than just going to your PCP. Yes, it's great. Go to your PCP. But you are going to be looking at six, eight months to a year on a wait list. And you have to suffer all that time. That's crazy. I know I talk about all the time with the waiting. Like, Joe, you guys obviously know my daughter is very delayed and stuff. And people are like, oh, that's great. You guys have the greatest hospitals in the world in Boston. I'm like, yeah, try waiting eight, nine months for an appointment. What's 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 yeah. the point? But uh, Joe, so when you think of the brain, it's unlike any other body part that I just feel like it's too crazy of a thing. That's why when we talk about we're living in a simulation or something, when you think about the brain, that was just somehow formed. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Someone created this whole thing. No. So I, I, I like that you think that. I do. Um, <laughs> I've been reading a lot about um, uh, Homo sapiens and how they came to be. And again, we've talked about this. You know, human beings, when we started to live communally and prepare food together and cook the food over fire, it released nutrients that caused the brain over tens of thousands of years to grow bigger and it brought us to where we are today i mean we're a much smarter and and more you know i well 
subjective, certainly. <laughs> On paper, you know, we're supposed to be so much smarter, but, you know, we know the evolution of the brain in humans and, and you know, the idea that we were able to develop speech and how important speech was. But I've known this for about 20 years that one in five people has an undiagnosed mental disorder. The other thing, this has to be brought up, but people who are attractive, okay, people who are attractive also have mental problems. <laughs> and the world, I, I know, I know this sounds shocking. The yes, world, we do. <laughs> the world, the world struggles with that. When you see a really pretty lady do something crazy, it's like, oh, that crazy bitch. No, it's a, it's a mental disorder just like an ugly person could have. <laughs> you look at somebody like Andrea Yates. I mean, Andrea Yates was not an attractive woman. I know this is this seems kind of stupid, but I think that that plays a factor in all of this. You know, I, yes, my ex-wife was batshit <laughs> crazy. I mean, crazy. And she was smoking hot. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it allowed her to get away with murder. Not literally, wow, but saying. if she had, yeah. People, Joe survived. I Joe did, survived barely. <laughs> people, people don't expect very attractive people to be nuts. And that's I, one I, of the I other obstacles that, that yeah. I, I'm telling you, it's one yeah. of the other obstacles that we deal with when it comes to mental health is you, ex, you know, you, I'm sure we all know some, I don't know about you guys. I went to high school with this dude. He walks around my hometown in a trench coat and sunglasses, even on rainy days, Jedi. Uh, he thinks he's the Terminator <laughs> and I'm waiting for the day he kills somebody. Oh it my won't God. shock me at all. He looks like, He's going to do it any day now. It won't surprise anybody. But I'm telling you, it's the attractive people, you know, people people like uh, Lindsay here, uh, very attractive woman. And so, again, I think it becomes hard to separate the mental health part with the way somebody looks. Yeah. 100%. No, but I've heard the reverse when someone like a woman who's really attractive and she's still single and older, it's because she's crazy. Have you seen the Pam Anderson thing yet? The documentary? No. I'm in the midst of watching it. Okay. <laughs> well, Joe, even like um, even like Ted Bundy, you know what I mean? People that he was like a handsome type guy. Again, you can no. get away with a lot if you're yeah. very attractive. People <laughs> just smooth over that crowd. People give you the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. People are more likely to believe you if you're attractive, okay? And so if you're also dealing with people just don't suspect that that you would succumb to something like that. I hate to say that, but that's something I've always felt was true. And I'm glad you brought up the Ted Bundy thing, Todd, because, again, that's a great example of a sociopath, clearly, who was able to get away with a lot because he had a nice-looking face. Mm -hmm until he was in the courtroom and someone like touched him or something from behind to move him. And he like jumped up and went crazy. And people were like, Oh, that's the face. There that the it woman is. Saw. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen that. He came in all like clean cut mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah. It is truly fascinating. Trauma in all forms changes your DNA. It changes the chemistry in your brain. But the fascinating thing is that you can actually repair it and people don't realize that. So it's really just about educating these people. Like put, <laughs> Poor Ted Bundy. Like, I wonder what his childhood looked like. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, that was a flight or flight response when somebody touched him in the back. And for him to freak out like that, not saying 
what <laughs> killing all these people is the right thing to do. But it it's true. Like he went so long, probably suffering forever. Yeah, and yeah. look at what happened. That How about Jeffrey was... Dahmer speaking of Netflix specials? Like I think I had that's to shut another... it off, honestly. I only watched the first episode. That that thing it. definitely creeped me out. I will say that. But again, that's a guy who looked like an insane person and was doing insane person things and still yeah. somehow was able to slide under the radar. Mm-hmm. Joe, you always have to ruin the take, uh, take my thunder away when I said, like, let's just, we might be living in a simulation. You're like, no. It's kind of like when we say, we want to believe for a second that there's life after death. And Joe jumps in, no, there's nothing after death. What do you think oh, about that, Ariana? God, it has to okay, be something. Dad. <laughs> the same way. <laughs> that scares me to think like that. See, this is where my anxiety comes from. Now I'm going to have a panic attack. There has to be something after you die. There just has to be. <laughs> Joe thinks that you're in a box getting eaten by worms. Uh, well, I'm not. It's not the worst thing. And your hair and fingernails are still growing. Yeah. <laughs> that might happen for real. Oh but the whole soul yeah. thing, I believe your soul goes. Yeah. We're a portal right now, and we're all here for a purpose. And that's what Jedi thinks. We're like a container, right, Jedi? I got a we're question. in a container? No. Can I ask a question, Ariana? Where sure. exactly where exactly is the soul? Mm-hmm. Uh in my heart. Oh. It just <laughs> is it just in the heart or is it yeah. within the in well let me ask you this. Do you believe that there's wind because you can't see it? I do. No, we, I we do, but you could also you could also measure wind, true, and barometric pressure. So there's some measurement for it. I'll, Ariana, I'll, I'll I'll just tell you this: my brother's an EMT, and he's yeah. uh, to me one of the he's one of my favorite people on the planet. Not because he's my brother; he's a really smart dude. And as an EMT, he told me he has literally watched the soul leave people. I believe and, there's a soul. And I've I've told these two guys the story about that because I don't. Like, I believe my brother believes that to be true. And I asked him the same question. Like, where do you think the soul is, though? Like, where did that come out of? I like that you said the heart. I'd like to think that there's something to it, but the evidence is iffy at best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a spiritual experience, for sure. But looking at a dead yeah. body... There are certain things that that that's not the same when it's alive. I mean, you can t- purely see that something is missing from it. You know, mm-hmm. besides that, I mean, it, it it looks like a container. Oh, there's a container. The light bulb goes off. Yeah. <laughs> the vessel. You know. It would be nice if there was more to it than that. If and if there was a soul, but then I think there's a lot of people where I question if there's a soul because well, there are I mean, people that don't have that. Clearly, very right. Uh, so yeah, the, the argument against is those people. It's like, oh, so what? Only some of us got them, and some of us didn't. Yeah, like, know. Uh, you know, and I know we've talked about this before, but another argument against it is: is there an Allah, a God, a Buddha, <laughs> like eighteen yeah. million different gods? Yeah. No, we know there if, isn't. If there was just the one. Yeah, and everybody was like, definitely the one. A lot more credibility, I think, for all of that stuff. Yeah, so, uh, Jedi, before we wrap up, um, I did want to talk really quickly about savant syndrome. That has always intrigued me. People that get in an accident, it's called uh, acquired 
savant syndrome like you hit your head and all of a sudden you can play like mozart or you can do like super crazy calculations or speak in a british accent all of a sudden you ever see that like the brain is just crazy mm-hmm. we're not going to have time to get to all the ones i want to talk about asperger's autism jedi is there anything else you want to talk about um, no, but I know Tom Cruise, I mean, remember his take and now they're saying it, he was correct. And, you know, using medications to treat depression and, um, mental health issues, they're finding that it, you know, doesn't really have any bearing on it. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? I don't know. So they agree with Tom Cruise now? But yeah, that's what, what some people are, are saying that, you know, it medication doesn't really help depression hmm. yeah it, i would think more like you'd 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 have to see someone and maybe they would teach you how to deal with things better in life i think that's probably like the number one thing but i don't know yeah well it's definitely i became a certified uh mindset wellness coach as well because i do believe that mindset is 90 percent of all of it and you can change it it's just our society and the generations, they were never given the tools and they don't right. know how to do them. So I do believe that my purpose here on this earth is to help people fill their toolbox, their life toolbox with tools to be able to deal with whatever's thrown at them so they're not offing themselves. The baby boomer generation is mostly consisting of sociopaths. <laughs> These are people who's the whole thing that they did was they they suppressed all their issues they suppressed all their problems they didn't admit when they were having problems and the subsequent generations were trying to make up for it mm-hmm. you know everybody's got a therapist now everybody's on some sort of drugs but i really do think that the boomer generation uh just the way they went about their business it it bred an entire generation of non-empathetic sociopaths and Mm -hmm. it's those people especially who don't get these sorts of cases and are the first to be like lock her up because they have no idea and they've just never dealt with this stuff and by the way anybody who's interested in the brain also interested in true crime look up the murder of peter porco he was murdered by his son and his son hit him in the head with an axe several times and didn't pierce the cerebral cortex and the guy woke up the next day, Peter Porco, having been hit multiple times with an axe to the brain. And because it didn't it didn't go all the way through, he was able to get up and make himself breakfast and mm-hmm. locked himself outside. It's a crazy case and amazing the kinds of things that the human brain can do, even under duress. Peter Porco, check that out. When he got hit in the head with the axe, could he play Mozart? I, if if I had to guess, probably, <laughs> dude. He this guy had a had sixteen head wounds yeah. from this from yeah. the axe attack. He went downstairs. He turned on the coffee pot. He made himself breakfast. He even went outside to get the newspaper. Yeah. He locked himself out. Went into the garden. Found under the rock the backup key. Let himself in and then collapsed right there in the front foyer. And the cops, when they got there, were like, oh, how did this guy get down here? And they were able to surmise later on that he did all of that despite having those massive head wounds that he didn't recognize. It's like when you drive to work in the morning and you get there and you don't remember being there. It's your your that's your secondary um, 
your brain's on autopilot, basically. And that's what was happening with this guy. Crazy what the brain can do and what it can survive. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, All right. Yeah. So check us out on Clovercrest Media, Crimes, Conspiracies and Beyond. Now, Ariana, in case someone's listening to this like a couple Mm -hmm. months down the line, what's your podcast going to be? It's Trauma Mamas, and it's going to be hosted on Boombastic Media. Um, we're not up and live yet, but check them out, Boombastic Media. They're on Facebook, Instagram, um, as well as uh, my Facebook, as well as Ariana Lally in Project Discover. So, yeah. Okay, now, Joe, there is one thing I'm going to research, because one of the things we talked about, I'm not buying too much. Do you know what it is? I got to look up the Daddy Blues. <laughs> Oh, oh. No, yes. well, also, if, uh, when you said the daddy <laughs> blues, I thought suffer from depression, too. So we have to talk about that more. Well, that sounded like Ariana's husband was dealing with something way more serious than the daddy blues. My God. So, yes. So they call it the daddy blues. But yes, if you have previous trauma, you're bound to get it. But change. It's all within change has a baby for the first time, new career, and yeah. has a hard time getting out of it. Yeah. it Joe, it, we need to rename it. Yeah, it's got to have a more serious name because the Daddy Blues sounds like, you know, he's like, I'd like to watch more football. That's uh, so really all I'm looking for here. A little more football. I'm good otherwise. Uh, that sounded much more severe, and I'm, I'm – Thank you for sharing all that with us, yeah. Ariana. Yeah. You know, not not to make light of it because it's obviously very serious. But you you mentioned mm-hmm. kind of bringing levity to the situation, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think the Daddy Blues definitely is not uh, apropos of uh, of what's actually uh, going Wait, that's on there. The medical Jesus. term, yeah. Like, come on, get with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are you are right, Joe. Even when you talk about such serious things, you got to try to find a way to throw you some comedy to. in it. Gotta. And uh, Ariana, you, I can give you Joe's information if you have, if you need any tip, tips awesome, or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, cool. We've only been at it about a year and a half, so we're having a lot of fun awesome. with this. Awesome. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to check out the episodes and stuff. Yeah, great. Awesome. Um, well, thanks. All for right. Yeah, me. I, I recommend you listen to. I think it's episode three and twenty with Flat Earther Dave Weiss. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We told my girlfriend about that one already. And that's oh, the yeah. first ones we watch. And the yeah. one to avoid is McCamey Manor. <laughs> yes. Don't waste your time on that one. Oh, All right, Jedi. Anything else? Well, no. Well, March, the end is here. Thank you so much, Ariana, for being our guest at Crimes, Conspiracies, and Beyond. Again, yes, check us out also on Clovercrest Media. And if you want to support us, buy us a coffee and buy me a coffee. Thanks and aloha. 